Welcome to 24 Karat Conversations with Phyllis and Rhonda, where two best friends decided to start a podcast on real women, real friendships, and real issues. Our mission Bible verse is Job 23.10. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We want to encourage, inspire, and offer hope in a world where life can seem to be unrealistic. Be a support for you to cheer you on as a wife, mother, daughter, sister, and friend. Most of all, you get to relax and laugh with us about all things women. Plus, we like all things sparkly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome back. Hey, peeps. Super excited to have a friend of ours on. And Phyllis, I'm going to let you introduce her. A friend of both of ours. Good friends. Actually, like a sister. Mm, Or to me, like kind of a daughter. (laughs) Yeah. I've known Stephanie since she was like 12 years old, 10, 12 years old, and her mom, Christy, and um, the first uh, recollection is when we did that fashion show. Moms and daughters. So well, I everybody had, had the mother-daughter fashion right? show. Right? <laughs> the mother-daughter church fashion show. And we had so much fun. And over the years, Steph and I have um, grown into great friends. And um, I mentored her. And um, I have watched her become a mom. And that's why we're here today yeah. is because um, Steph went through kind of a journey this last couple of years with beautiful little Levi Grace and um, I wanted her to come on and do some real talk about how moms um, are struggle after having children and also um, my oldest daughter Ariel had her first baby three years ago and kind of the same thing and so I saw this pattern and I know it happened in my life and I didn't talk about it and so Stephanie I am so glad you're here and being brave enough to share this (laughs) I know we're excited crazy mama story and so um I think I just wanted to start with like what was the what was your vision when you became pregnant what did you think motherhood would be like (laughs) (laughs) I honestly didn't have a vision. I didn't, you know, expect to have it easy, number one. Um, but I knew I'd have it different. So, um, you know, the difference of, you know, my mom being a single mother versus me being married, I knew I would have a partner through this. I knew, you know, I could have someone to rely on, but I didn't want to think beyond. I kind of want to just, uh, experience pregnancy in the moment because Mm -hmm. it was new. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so I know you have this whole birthing plan. (laughs) Can we talk about your birthing plan? You know, anyone that's had children, we we just look at you and go, oh, that's That's nice. nice. But we all know if we've had more than one child, especially that the birthing plan doesn't always go as planned. Mm -hmm. We've seen that with celebrities too, where, Mm -hmm. you know, that has happened and they've said, oh, wow, that just completely (laughs) took a sideways turn. So um, how how did that feel when you had this plan and then it completely went haywire? Like I'm just remembering the looks on your faces when I'm like, I'm going to get a birthing pool and have a midwife. I'm going to do this and that. And yeah, none of it You're happened. Like, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And guess who I was... Do you know how messy that is? That's good for you. I'm all in yeah. your kitchen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, when it all changed, uh, I know for a fact, I remember texting you, Phyllis, yeah. and being like, oh, my gosh, I have to be in the hospital. This is the last minute. Um gone 43 weeks. I'm way overdue. Mm. Uh, and you know, I didn't want to get that, but I didn't want to do 
any type of invasive thing, but it all was opposite of everything I thought it was going to be. But I remember being in there and, um, you know, thinking, and I had a few affirmation text messages come through, like, you know, you're supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. You know, God is doing this because, you know, you need to be protected. There's something else, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do this at home. And it's true because, you know, after Levi was born, I had a marginal cord insertion and, Mm -hmm. you know, I, she had lost all, I had lost all the amniotic fluid and things like that. So it would, I think it would have been really traumatic at home versus having, yeah, yeah, versus having that help (laughs) in the hospital. Yeah. And nothing against home birth no like some yeah. people I mean, do it if you it. want to do it yeah, you, means, i mean if you yeah. want to have it in your kitchen you've godspeed yeah um and no, i did get it, and i did get the epidural just fyi yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we by, were like by day five, the epidural. <laughs> by day five i said <laughs> i don't call my mommy <laughs> i'm getting the epidural <laughs> it felt like you were in labor a really long time too yeah. i just remember being like is she I know we were. Oh no! You know it's a long labor when your husband starts. Did Stephanie have her baby yet? (laughs) The next day, did she have it? Have you heard anything? I was like, oh lord. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, as a first-time mom too, that's just so traumatic, you know, Mm -hmm. to have to go through all of that right at the beginning. So that Mm -hmm. goes through the first trauma of this whole thing. (laughs) Yes. And then when were the signs after? Levi came home like what were the signs that things Mm. just were different it's weird because you know my midwife was talking about you you might have the baby blues and and I didn't for six weeks I think you visited me in between those six Mm -hmm. weeks but at six weeks I literally got mastitis breastfeeding Mm. was super hard I was producing way too much milk um, and I thought I came down with the flu and ended up in the ER and I'm away from my baby. And so I'm actually allergic to penicillin, not to like release my HIPAA on here, but, um, I'm allergic to penicillin. And so the antibiotic they had to give me to take out the infection, I couldn't breastfeed Levi. Oh. And I remember the ER doctor saying, you know, we need to transport you in this ambulance and go up to Kaiser. And I'm like, no, I just want to go home with my baby. Give me medicine. I don't care. Whatever you need to do, just get me home. The sooner I'm home, the better I'll be. And, um, yeah, he just gave me the antibiotics and said before I went home, hey, uh, you can't breastfeed your daughter on this. It's going to, you know, she can't have this. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I have to give up breastfeeding and do what? Go to pumping full time? And he's like, well, yeah, you have a pretty bad infection and you need to pump every three hours. And that was like 12, three, six, Mm -hmm. you know, nine, all the way 24 hours until this thing was gone for 14 days. So not only could I not feed my daughter, I remember reaching out to your daughter, Ariel Phyllis Mm -hmm. and saying, what do I do? And she said, Hey, a fed baby is the best baby, but it still didn't feel good. It didn't feel good in me. Like, oh, I still can't provide for her though. Like this is not the route I wanted to go. And I really wanted her to have breast milk. And so pumping and dumping, like I started grieving and I would cry at the sink, dumping out my milk and you know, being up, I started getting really exhausted. And then I started having mental attacks. Um, you know, in the middle of the night, I'm just pumping with no purpose. And my husband's up through the night feeding my daughter, Mm -hmm. like the bottles and trying to get her from breastfeeding to a bottle was a whole transition for her too. So, you know, we're all up hours of the night throughout the day and I'm staying home with her. So I had no rest for quite a few weeks and I just, emotions just hit me. And, um, being in the middle of the night, I just started thinking crazy thoughts and even down to suicidal thoughts. And 
that's kind of when I started wondering, like, I think this is more than baby blues. So that's interesting that you said baby blues because that is something that's so traditionally mm-hmm. the doctors will say, right. like, you might feel a oh, little, you yeah. might feel a little blue. Like, <laughs> like nobody goes into actually, and, and because, I mean, when we had babies, it was very different, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember one time Nina swinging in the swing and just bawling, crying. And I was like, I don't know what to do with her. I, w- I was like, mm-hmm. I w- thought I was going to lose my mind, you know? Yeah. And that was so, probably so much more than you really realize it is. Oh, and yeah. there's really no one talking about it, right? You know, I actually reached out a few times via Instagram because, you know, 3 a.m. and everyone's sleeping. I'm going to scroll my phone yeah. um, while I'm waiting for this pump. And not only that, like, you know, pumping every three hours, the amount of time you had to pump was like 15, 20 minutes right. plus cleaning your parts. Right. You're up for a full hour trying to go back to sleep for a nap, an hour. Right. <laughs> and you're back at it again. So sometimes I would just push through till the next time, but I'd be scrolling through my, you know, my social media feeds and I started reaching out to random people and um, just people that had been through it. And the, most of the responses were like, yes, it's so hard, but I'm like, wait, I need, I need a solution. Like, what do I do? You know, give me, give me a resolution for this. How do we fix this? Right. Well, and you wanted something to be fixed that really, I mean, mental health is something very serious. So mm-hmm. it's not something you can just fix on your own. It was something mm-hmm. you're going to need more of. And I don't think they give you enough resources for it and also I think there's an emotional side of that too of your mom was gone she Mm -hmm. lives in another state and um you know I know for me that brought up a lot of mom feelings when I was going through I had mild postpartum but never got diagnosed because I hit it Mm because I'm a good stuffer and um (laughs) and so you know it brings up all these emotions no one's there for you you don't have your mom close Mm by um some women do but then maybe they're not talking about it because they're scared. And I think that's the biggest thing is you said you're scrolling on Instagram and everyone goes, yeah, it's really hard. But it's like, well, why didn't you tell me this before? (laughs) You know, why aren't we talking about this? And why aren't there was a couple of things where Ariel said no one had talked about this. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, because it's kind of gross and no one. And she goes, but people need women need to know Mm -hmm. that this is what your body's going through that these are the things that happen when you have a baby that Mm -hmm. these are the emotions that happen when you have a baby but everyone kind of like puts on a stiff upper lip and just powers through it as best we can but there have been people who have fallen through the cracks and gotten extremely mentally Mm -hmm. um depressed and going through these things so I think that's um, the thing for you, like what, what happened when you got to that point, you know, was there, I remember like yesterday, I just shut down. Mm -hmm. I went into isolation. I stopped answering my phone. No texting. Yeah, we were really mad about that. (laughs) Sorry. We're like, where is she? (laughs) Yeah, I stopped answering text messages. I, you know, I started getting anxiety um, to even leave the house with the baby. Um, My husband would try to get me to, you know, walk farmer's market on a Wednesday night. And he's like, let's just go. I mean, he would drag me out. And the entire time my chest would just be pounding. Like Mm -hmm. I'm ready to break down in the middle of the street. I don't care about farmer's market. I just want to go home, (laughs) you know? So, um, I, I am thankful now on the other side for him pushing me Mm -hmm. because, you know, I did, I would run into a friend and 
and would get a hug when, you know, we could hug, (laughs) but you know, and sometimes that felt nice to, to get an interaction, but it didn't fill me up. And I, you know, I would walk through the, you know, anxiety, but getting home, uh, I would just crawl back in my cave again. And that would, that would be it. So, um, was there a time that you went and sought help like medically? I, so I did reach a point where I, so I'll go back a little bit. I was given a flyer. It's like, if you think you have these symptoms and I'm like, this is such a dumb flyer. I'm not calling this number. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that the number wasn't helpful. I don't disregard that. Um, it does help people. Um, but you know, it took my mom to actually call me one day and she's like, why are you ignoring my phone calls? Why are you ignoring my texts? I'm super worried about you. What's going on? And I remember bouncing on my little blue yoga ball with Levi, taking her to putting her to sleep. And I just broke down to her and I just told her, you know, I was like, I think something's wrong. Like something's wrong. I don't feel me. I don't feel myself. Um, I'm having these thoughts. And so my mom ended up giving me some resources from family first, sent me a little book to read. Um, you know, she took it slow, which I completely needed because Mm -hmm. it was the first time I said anything. And then it wasn't even a few nights later where I was in the middle of the night, pumping because I went into exclusive pumping and bottle feeding my mm-hmm. daughter. So I, you know, it was a few nights later, I'm up at three in the morning and I started having like a mental attack about a plan to commit suicide. And I thought, mm-hmm. no, like, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to do that to myself. And I ended up waking up my husband. I'm like, you got to come sit down with me and pray with me. Um, I need help. Mm-hmm. And he ended up, you know, staying with me, uh, that next day. And we reached out to a friend and they actually, uh, led me to find a postpartum counselor, someone who actually has the clients with postpartum. And, um, I made an appointment three days later from that went in and I was so afraid, (laughs) you know, I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, she deals with these people all day long. And I feel like I'm afraid to say I've had these thoughts. Is she going to report me? Am I going to go to jail? You know, you have such in-depth thoughts about what could happen. Such a fear. Such a fear. Are they going to take my child? Yeah. Yeah. Am I a bad mom? Is this what people actually go through? And it ended up being one of the I lit the best counseling sessions I've ever had. I, I walked out feeling a little more free of, I, this is normal. This is okay what I'm going through. So, well, first off, thanks for sharing. Like, right. thanks for sharing that because that yeah. is not an easy thing to say or admit. And when you, as you were talking, I was thinking about the Meghan Markle interview. I was just thinking that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, you were was, in my brain. Yeah. Right? I was just going to make that comment. Like, this yeah. is such good timing. Mm-hmm. We had planned on interviewing Stephanie a while mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And then we said, oh, let's do it for this week. I didn't even know that that <laughs> yeah. was going to come out with Meghan Markle. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is this. And yeah. she was pregnant having mm-hmm. those thoughts, which I, that right. my heart just broke. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I thought, and I think, you know, what, what, and I'll just be really <clears throat> honest and sorry if this hurts anyone's feelings or whatever, but I was completely disappointed in the backlash that she got yeah. for talking about her depression because yeah. it is something that is not the easiest thing to do. And I know because I've sat in that seat like you and and shared about when I had suicidal thoughts and, and people like, are like, she's crazy or she, you know, what could she possibly be depressed about? She lives Mm -hmm. in a castle. She's a, she's a queen. She's a princess, whatever. And I'm like, 
you don't know what goes on behind closed mm-hmm. doors. You don't know. And she and she described it, too. Like, she had her whole life taken away from her. She had no passport, no ID, no nothing. Mm-hmm. She can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. The keys. Yeah, nothing. Keys. And so, and you're alone. And being by yourself in a big house doesn't, you can have all the... Mm-hmm accoutrements of a house that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you're happy and so yeah I was really disappointed that people go oh wow wow poor man and I I was like you're missing the whole point that when you get to that headspace uh it's real it's very real like I you know it's like you try to explain it to people but until you've been in that spot like like it's you this stuff you hear in your head it is a mental battle that you are you're enduring you know and I think what's what also you said was about six weeks um, I think that's when our hormones start to kind of get back yes. to like, or trying to get back to normal. And so that's also when we send women back to work. Like yes. if you think about it, you're like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we sending these women back to work at six weeks when they just have not only had a baby, but physically and mentally, your body needs to recover from everything that happened. You exactly. Know? And we're just not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's interesting because Megan, I think, she, I don't know how long, did she say how long? I don't think she did no. how long after the baby, but I'm figuring it couldn't have been too much after she had the baby that she went through it. So mm-hmm. it was probably very much. Well, she, she was suicidal during the pregnancy. Yes. Okay. So okay. he, so he, uh, they actually had to go, um, to an outing, like an opera or something that night. Okay. And he was, she had told him that day, she was pregnant, she was pregnant okay. and she, she said, I'm not going to make mm-hmm. it. And then he said, well, you shouldn't go to this event tonight. She said, no, you don't understand. If you don't take me and I'm here alone, I don't know what I'm going to do to myself. And so they showed a picture on the outside. They looked they beautiful yes. and he was gripping her hand so tight because he didn't want her to break down and then as the play went on and the lights went down she would cry and then he would say okay the lights are coming back up like wipe your tears Mm -hmm. put the smile on I can't even imagine Mm -mm. having to do that like can't even imagine all those people looking so much pressure so hard to go through it privately yeah Mm -hmm. and then and and then being pregnant mm -hmm. and having all those hormones too so these are things that people so that's a whole nother subject because people don't talk about depression during your Mm -hmm. pregnancy Mm -hmm. everyone just assumes you're supposed to be happy you have a baby bump you look beautiful you're supposed to be gloating now (laughs) nowadays you're supposed to be sexy and showing your tummy and glowing and it's like <laughs> you're supposed to have it all. yeah i'm like are you kidding i was eating half a pint of ice cream like, just don't even take a picture of me um but i i would ask you like what would your advice be to a first-time mom um especially getting closer to the delivery and like after the baby is born like what would be your best advice for them I always think about this because I've come across many moms, new moms, soon to be moms. And I think, you know, are they up to receive advice? And so I don't find myself giving the advice anymore because I feel more than anything, they need the encouragement Mm -hmm. of if you ever need me, I'm here to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask for help. But also one thing that I've learned recently this year that I would love to tell others to apply is self-care and how important it is whether that's a 10 minute drive to the store and home or whatever getting alone time and just anything that refreshes your soul Mm -hmm. 
well, what helped me too was any time alone that I could get, it helped me just come home, refresh. And I felt like, oh, I could be better yeah. today. Yeah. I could be more present today because I had time alone to think. I had time to blare my music or, you know, just walk around Target for a half hour and come home and be like, okay, let's start fresh. Because you're, you are Stephanie. You're not mm-hmm. just, yeah. you know, Levi's mom, which yes. I think so many times we want to do it all right, right? Like we Absolutely. want to be this perfect mom and this perfect wife and mm-hmm. we get lost in these identities that mm-hmm. really aren't us. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is important. I mean, even, even as wives, you know what I mean? Even our, when our children are grown, it's important for us to mm-hmm. have our own identity because your children grow up and we say this all the time, they get robe and go away exactly. and you have to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and, and one thing I do want to touch on that I think is important is through my pregnancy, that's all we ever heard. My husband and I were, you guys are going to lose sleep and this is what you need to do. And it was, you guys are going to need to do this. And you know, I get that people are coming from their experiences mm-hmm. and that's their advice, but that's also for their family. Yes. And what we had to remember was this is our family yeah. and we got to find out what our groove is yeah. and what our way is. And, you know, really hunker down and figure out what works best for us because we tried to do what other people said. And when it didn't work, we, you know, kept our disappointment glasses on for a little far too long. You know, we're like, wait, it's like more bummer news. We (laughs) can't do it the way they do. Well, it's like they give you that book expecting what to expect when you're expecting, you know, and you're like, I don't even think that's a real book. I think they have other books now. Well, I'm sure they do, but that was the popular one. Just age. She's trying to be really old. (laughs) that book if you go in there I'm like that thing terrified me because (laughs) some of the things in there I was like I I can't do this (laughs) there's just so many unrealistic expectations I think when you're a new mom Mm -hmm. and that's a really hard especially I mean you know obviously people are having children later in life now Mm -hmm. but I was a 24 year old mom and I remember being terrified like oh my goodness what am I doing I hope I don't ruin her I still ask that question do we what are we doing I know I did ruin my kids and I don't care she never left you in the swing overnight we woke up in the morning we were like oh my god the baby there she was. No wonder she never liked roller coasters, right? She has a little vertigo. She's fine. She's fine. So if you got pregnant again, what would you do differently? Ooh, I think about this a lot. Or I I should say when you get pregnant. (laughs) We're praying. We're praying. (laughs) Um, You know, I think about it often and I reflect back on the last two years. I, one thing I really think about is just being present and relaxing, not thinking I need to do all of these things Mm -hmm. to, it's not a task list. It's not an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not getting badge of honor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, um, I would definitely give breastfeeding another go around Mm -hmm. and be more relaxed and, I think from experiencing this, have a little more confidence in trying again and not just be like, oh, that was horrible. I'm never doing this yeah. again. I would want to give it a try again yeah. for sure. And that and I realm. think breastfeeding is another place where we just, it's so much misconception, right? Yes. Like, you know, you <laughs> want to be that woman sitting in the chair yeah. with your child it's to your so breast lovely. And, the, and the, like, you know, the draping of a blanket over you. I don't know. It, it never worked that way for me. So, but that's definitely something that I think is a expectation that is hard mm-hmm. to meet. And if yeah. someone's really good at it, then you feel really crappy because you're yeah. not. Yeah. So. 
So Steph, tell us what you would tell your 22 year old self. Hmm. Would I listen? (laughs) (laughs) My 22 is a blur. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I would definitely say to my 22 year old self, I would say, uh, God loves you where you're at, no matter what your mistakes are. And you know, that your destiny, like I won't miss one day of my destiny here on earth that I'm purposed. And I would remind myself that I'm going to be surrounded with people who love me no matter what. Yeah. So that's probably that. I love it. Stephanie, if people want to like reach out to you on Instagram, if they have questions, I know you said that you're more than happy to share your story with them. So can you tell us where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. It is. My Instagram is Stevie's Nicole. So S-T-E-V-I-E-S-N-I-C-O-L-E. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Steph. I mean, you're, she's like our, she's like my sister. I'm going to I'm not going to say my daughter. She's like my daughter. <laughs> Just because I'm older. Go ahead. Call it out. We all know. We all know the ages around here. Let's get in trouble. Always in trouble. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, 24 Carat Tribe. Please go like, subscribe, and share. Follow our um, Facebook page at 24 Karat Conversations. And we don't want you to forget that we do have a Freedom Academy coming up May 13th through 15th. You can go on our link in our bio and click on there and find out what that's all about. And until next time, sparkle on, peeps. Bye, peeps. Bye.